You're listening to Dead Set Podcasting with your host, Josh Liston. This is a fully independent podcast about podcasting with a global focus and perspective. Follow along with today's episode over at deadsetpodcasting.com. Okay, here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to Dead Set Podcasting. I'm very excited today. I've got an old friend. Normally, when I hear people say that they've got friends coming on their podcast, they're not friends. They've met the person once at some marketing conference, but I consider SP an actual friend. Bit of a podcasting mentor, someone I've looked to for advice, but also one of the few people that's really openly supported one of my shows on the Bubble Podcast and been just very gracious with feedback and support and encouragement over the years. So welcome, SP. Thank you for joining the show. And maybe we'll talk about On the Bubble and other things that we've kind of shared, I guess, in the past. But here today, we're talking podcasting. I'm glad you opened up with the fact that we're friends because I consider us friends. I mean, we've been going on for quite some time and it is a genuine honor to be on the Dead Set podcast. I've listened to as many episodes as I can. I don't listen to as many podcasts as I used to because... Well, the last year has kind of shaken everybody's schedule up, but I do listen to the ones that are important to me as much as I can, and this is one of them. So it's just an honor to be on here. So thanks for asking me. Likewise. And it's weird that you brought that up, and I know we're going on an early tangent here, but I've heard a lot of people that were really into podcasting, power listeners, which I am, and I'm assuming SP probably is as well, 8, 10, 20 maybe more episodes a week for someone like myself. I've heard that some people have actually scaled right down to only the shows they really like and care about, whereas the general person, the rumour was, or the stats say that they listened to more podcasts in the last 12 months. Is it because our lives were so podcast-centric and then everything that's happened has broken us out of that pattern, whereas other people have kind of discovered the medium? Why do you think that is the case? Well, for me personally, I could just speak for me personally. So for me personally, I was listening to a lot of podcasts in the gym. I have not been to the gym since February of 2020. I actually left the gym early in February of 2020. It didn't close until mid to late March, I guess. But I just heard people hacking in there and I just got, I don't know if I want to be here. To my knowledge, there was nothing transmitted in my gym, but you never know. And I lost two hours a day of listening to podcasts at, let's say, 1.5 speed. So, you know, that's a lot of time over the course of a week. Even if I went to the gym three times a week, that's six hours and 1.5 times, you know, that's close to nine hours, nine, 10 hours of of podcasts that I lost listening every week. And then I've teleworked a bit. I'm back in the office now, so I, I still get my podcast listening there. And I still do listen to a few podcasts in the office, but for the most part, the gym was my main area of consumption. Now, you might think, well, SP, you're still working out. You're, you're looking fine there, buddy. You know, you're looking pretty buff there. Well, no, no. For, first of all, no, <laughs> I, I was never really buff, but I, I do it to stay healthy. And yes, I've been working out at home. But while I'm at home, I actually have an entertainment center that I actually watch while I'm doing podcasts. I'm not stuck in a gym with 50 other people that want to listen or watch 50 different things. So I concentrate on more on YouTube videos or on streaming stuff that I've watched in the past, like Stargate SG one, for instance, or I'm just about all the way through this entire star Wars run from the prequels. And I've watched episode eight and I'll watch episode nine starting tomorrow 
But that's the sort of stuff that I've been into. And I've really just niched down because my time available to listen to podcasts has been niched down to that. And I think a lot of people are in the same boat that their lives were shocked from what they were doing. And they found other things that they could do with that time that they were listening to podcasts, whether it was commuting, whether it was in the gym, working out, you know, whatever. They aren't doing that anymore and they're doing other things instead. It's funny. You've got me thinking. There's certain podcasts in my week that are must listens. Bill Burr's Monday morning podcast and his Thursday show are my two favorite shows. Better podcasting when that comes out, which is SP's show. Kind of a big brother. I wouldn't say grandfather because you guys are still quite young, but a big brother to this kind, this show. <laughs> and there's a few others that I listen to every week. And then I had other shows that were appointment listening that I did during a certain activity. And that activity was taken away. And some of the reason I listened to it was because I didn't have to be 100% engaged with it. It was more background chat and company. When you're not doing those things, my list started to shrink because hearing 10 different comedians talk about how they don't have a career at the moment, that wore me out. And hear, hearing people talk about TV shows they can't make, that started wearing me out. My list is now only the shows that I would listen to regardless. So I think for me, it was almost a ramp down. I mean, it never affected us the way it has North America, for example, in terms of not being able to do things day to day in my little part of the world. But yeah, I think I'm only sticking with shows I care about. And I've filtered a lot of the other stuff off, which is something I didn't expect, but it makes sense now you've explained it. You had a thing that you did that fell in line with the podcast, which was going to the gym. Yeah, I mean, I'm still doing stuff that I can only listen to. Like when I'm mowing the lawn, I, I can only listen to a podcast. You can't really watch YouTube or you shouldn't be watching YouTube <laughs> while you're mowing the lawn. No, uh, There are safety factors involved as well as just making the lawn look good, that sort of thing. Uh, and I know people still walk the dog and that sort of thing, uh, but it's just a part of your life that you just aren't doing anymore. And from your standpoint, I could see just the way that the entire space shifted over the last year and a half because of things that are no longer going on. Sports weren't happening at the level that they were happening. TV shows, obviously movies, they're just starting to get back into the swing of things. There was no theaters that were open, at least here with new releases for a very long time. We're just starting to get back to that. And it's a debate on whether, that should be done at this point. Uh, I, I won't get into the whole politics on the pandemic and the localities and stuff like that, but it has affected everywhere in the world, whether it's goods and services that aren't available or whether it's entertainment that's just not available. So yeah, I think that's it. But it also spawned a lot of good things with podcasting. There's a lot of people that serve podcasting just because they were stuck at home. They couldn't do anything else and they just did it for fun. And a lot of those shows have either pod faded or they've, they've spawned off to other things, but there have been some pretty unique podcasts that have started in the past year that just never would have started before that are starting to take hold. And, and those new Cora podcasts will be pretty special in the coming years. The, the big ones that everybody's starting to listen to now. So I did have a couple of things I wanted to touch on because we, I think, could get very lost in that philosophical and kind of meandering conversation there, SP. So can you just give everyone maybe a tiny little background on your podcasting experience but and also what better podcasting is? Sure. I've been podcasting for over 10 years now. It was uh, just a long time ago. I still remember it like it 
was yesterday, my first podcast that I recorded in a friend's office, basically home office. And there was five of us that were crowded in there. It was my first taste of podcasting. It was New Year's New Year's Eve of 2010. So it's over been over 10 years now. And I just got hooked and I was like, oh, this is how it's done. And I still remember some of the lessons that he was teaching me about that time, about uh, Mike added kid, about speaking on the microphone, about editing afterwards, because I was like, how do you put this together? And he was using Pro Tools at the time with multi-track recording. So I was looking at all that. And I wish I, I was writing notes or I could have been recording him at the time because I know I've lost a lot of, of his great knowledge that he had back then that I've just acquired over 10 years. But it's been a great ride. And about five years in, after starting a few podcasts, all relatively TV-based podcasts, I do one podcast that I do uh, weekly space news, basically. It's transmorphed into that right now, but it used to be, for me, the weekly geek or entertainment news sort of thing, tech news. And I've just focused in on space for the last few years. But I was doing that for a while. And after five years of doing that, we're like, hey, look, we actually know enough to tell other people how to make their shows better so that they don't make the same mistakes that we did and that they can benefit on our experience to go faster and make the shows better faster than we did. So Steven and I, Steven is the network owner over at gunnageek.com and he and I basically came to the same conclusion. He will gladly admit that he was the one who contacted me first. So it was in the holiday season of 2015 that or 2014 actually that we got together and we're like, Hey, let's do this. And it took us 10 months to get the podcast going, but ever since October, 2015, we've been podcasting every week. Uh, now the show is a bi-weekly, but we have another version of the show, a live version of the show that we do on the off weeks, but we've been doing that every week since 2015. And it's been really fun teaching other people how to podcast, being a community resource and having a community. So other people can come in and give their knowledge and their experience to everybody else because I'm a big proponent that in this day and age, you can't know everything about podcasting. So it's always good to have a community to rely back on. And I'll just, for people that are wondering what maybe, there's a proliferation of podcasts about the podcasting industry, particularly more so than about the content of podcasting. I guess what makes your show different to me is I didn't know that there was another perspective until you guys put it out there. And it was what I always had in my I think it's because I grew up in prog independent progressive rock bands and we were anti-establishment and <laughs> don't tell us what to do and get in the studio with a producer and they're trying to cut down the length of the song. We're like, we're not Nickelback. This sounds more like Rush. Can't it just sound like Rush or whoever we were sounding like at the time, a heavy version of those bands. I just thought that podcasting was an entrepreneurial thing only. And in my, I guess deep down, it didn't sit well with me until I heard you guys put it out there that you can be just as good or care just as much about your show without having some end goal beyond making a good show. It doesn't have to achieve monetization or it doesn't have to do something where you get seen as an expert. You can just make a show because you want to make a show. Although better podcasting is largely for the hobby podcast or for those that don't monetize their show, we don't begrudge anybody that wants to make money with their show. We just no, don't no. talk about it on our show because there's plenty of people that already talk about that. And there's a lot of reasons why somebody that's doing a podcast at home probably won't be able to make a lot of money, at least for not for a long time, because of just how the way the space is transformed into. 
And we just wanted to make sure that that voice was heard because like you, we kept on hearing, oh, you got to have an email list and you got to send your show out to all, all your email subscribers and you have to be able to put in an ad space in your show and you have to uh, get out there. And if you, if you can't get an ad space, you have to crowdfund and that sort of thing. And it, this is all great for people that want to do that. But for people that are just doing it to learn the space, people maybe doing it for a hobby, people that are doing it just to find similar people into some sort of community and, and share an experience with, then you can do that with podcast. That's the great thing about podcasting. It's so versatile. You can do both. It's just all the advice that was out there five, six years ago. And the majority of the advice that's out there today is how can you make money with your show? And we just wanted to make sure that we said it was okay not to make money with the show and how to make your show better, you know, focus on the content, what's going to be better for you managing your show behind the scenes as a hobby podcaster without having a lot of cash or a lot of staff behind you and that sort of thing. So it's just the way that we have sought to run better podcasting. We haven't changed for five years. Now, might there come a day where we're no longer relevant? Maybe, I don't know, but uh, for now, it's been fun and we continue to do what we're having fun with. We'll get back to the idea of relevance for the independent or hobby podcaster, which is actually something SP and I were going to talk about a little bit later. So we'll just put a pin in that one for a sec. The state of TV podcasting. You and I have spoken about this a couple of years ago on a previous show. And that was right on the crest of the bubble of things like Afterbuzz TV and different networks all being very TV heavy. How has that kind of genre changed? Because I remember you saying, and I won't quote you because I don't remember exactly the quote, but essentially you always thought that podcasting about a TV show was a really good place to start because there's a finite end to most shows, as much as I have a show about that being upsetting for people, but there is an end to it. So you're not committing to 50 years of a radio program. You may be committing to, now with Netflix, maybe 30 episodes of a three-season show. And you can learn your way through promoting and production and the core product stuff. And then also learn how to do social media promotion, websites and whatever else you want to do with the show. Do you still feel that way about TV podcasting? And getting back to my initial question, has that changed? This might be just my impression, but those shows don't seem to be bubbling up near the top of the industry, maybe the way that they did a couple of years ago. There's still an active market for it. Maybe not so much in the last year because there's been so little new content out there. So there hasn't been a buzz about a TV show unless it's uh, something that's few and far between. On Disney Plus, you had The Mandalorian and that was a flash in the pan right before the pandemic start and it started off. And then they had a another season after the pandemic went off and Disney Plus had another couple of series over on the Marvel side of things with the WandaVision and now the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But there has been, I mean, TV shows just stopped in the spring of 2020. Some didn't even end their seasons and some ended their show, not just in a last episode. It wasn't even a goodbye episode. It was the last one that they (laughs) produced. And that was it. So it's a little bit tough to make a firm determination on what you're asking for because of the changes in the space. However, with that said, it goes into the changes of the podcast industry and the proliferation of podcasting itself. I still think that podcasting on a TV show is a great way to start. 
It's ready-made content. It's a generally a weekly delivery. I mean, yes, there are shows that drop everything on a weekend on a streaming show, and then you have to binge 13 episodes. But what we're finding is that those shows don't get the buzz that other shows that just drop weekly because there's no water cooler talk about it. So these places have learned, these streaming services have learned that if you have six to 13 episodes, let's go ahead and let's just drop them on a week to week basis and everybody but will be fine with that and we'll generate buzz and people will get to talk about the show. And because of that, you can go week by week, learn your podcasting skills, learn how to have content ready to get content out on a weekly basis on a schedule because you want to have the next episode out before the next episode of the show comes out. And then it ends, the season ends, and you can take a little bit of time to retool stuff or go into peripheral information in depth. (laughs) And you can really change up what you do with the show. And then when the next season comes in, bang, get into it, or you just do it in seasons one way or the other. And then when the show ends, the show ends. As you pointed out, shows are ending a lot earlier than they used to. I just got done with two shows that lasted seven or eight years. We did a show called the Sterling Tribune on the CW show Arrow for eight years, eight years. Wow. That was a long podcast. I, it was a grind at the end. It really was. We were still wanting to do it because it was exciting content for us. It wasn't as exciting as the beginning, honestly, but it was still exciting and we were glad to complete it. And then there was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. over on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., which Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. still continues because Marvel content still continues to be dropped on streaming services right now. But that was seven years and that got long, too. It was like, uh, there were times where we're like, oh, I just I want a week off or something like that. I, I get how actors get so frustrated with the same character year in and year out. And and after the fact, as a fan, you're thinking, what, what is it? The, the industry is so competitive. You, as an actor, have had a straight gig for five, seven, ten years. What is your problem? I'll tell you what the problem is. It's the same thing for seven to ten years without a significant break. That gets to grind on a lot of people. And I, with podcasting, that's the same way. But regardless, it is a great way, I still think, to podcast because of those weekly ready content scheduled stuff i think it's a great thing now to the second part of your question you wanted to know has this changed as an industry and i think it has i think it's changed as an industry because there's not that many people that are interested in it from a listener perspective as of the total amount of podcasters out there on a subject whereas before like you mentioned after buzz tv you might have like an after buzz tv podcast and maybe one or two independents on a show and it'd be a major show like lost or battlestar galactica or something like that now i guarantee you uh, if the same sort of show came out like well let's take marvel for instance there's dozens if not hundreds of after show podcasts on falcon and the winter soldier wandavision and how do you stand out in that it's very difficult to and i guess it's not like a freakonomics or an NPR style show where people may they're different enough in topic and people like the style of production and presentation that they might listen to 10 of those. You're competing for the same sliver of fandom and it's being chopped up maybe into smaller and smaller parts by having hundreds of shows instead of maybe dozens. I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, 
it makes sense now that you say it, SP, because it's not it's not centered to the mainstream of the genre where people might listen to lots of those mainstream shows. It's one type of show about one TV show. Maybe I always had the wrong impression of it because a lot of the early shows I got into when I started not to listen to the rubbish entrepreneurial type podcasts were TV podcasts. So maybe my own emotion around it being a big thing made me think that maybe it was a bigger thing than it was. I absolutely think it was a big thing and still continues to be a big thing. Of those dozens of podcasts, you still have people that are able to get their voice out, which wouldn't have happened before. Like 15 years ago, you might have had a little blurb in the local newspaper about this TV show that came out in, in a short review on it. And the really big talk about it was literally in the office around the water cooler or at lunch with your office mates or something like that. And you might not all like the same thing, but you also didn't have as many channels as we do today. I mean, I guess that's going back a little further, but the point is now you have people that are able to get their voices out, talk about something that they really enjoy and that's a good thing because that never used to happen before. They didn't have the outlet for that. And of course, YouTube is a, an outlet for a lot of people to do that same thing as well. The thing, though, is that with these dozens or hundreds of programs out there, podcasts out there, they all talk generally about the same thing. And they each might have one or two little nuggets that are different from each other. So after you listen to three, four, five, you're listening to the same thing over and over and over again. And by the way, that might be two to five hours that you've spent listening to all this stuff where the show was only a half an hour to to 60 minutes. So, I mean, what's the big deal? So people niche down to the type of show that they want to listen to, the people that they identify with, and it just disperses the audience a little bit further. So you don't have a singular show rising to the top. Now you might have a network that rises to the top that has that like after buzz TV, for instance, I don't even know if that's a network anymore, to be honest with you. I haven't looked into it. I didn't particularly love their shows. I just remember them having a lot of them and they were very quick. They had a show out for everything from day one. They were very efficient. Yes. And it was all recorded like a half an hour after the show went out yeah. and then the was published like an hour after that. So there was very little editing out there. But if you wanted that reaction show, like the um, what was it that Hardwick did after Walking Dead? I forget what it, that was uh, after the Walking Dead or whatever, whatever the, the TV the show talking was. Talking Dead. Ta- yeah. Talking Dead. That, that sort of show. That's what you got in, the, in those podcasts. But yeah. now there's just so many out there that Okay, you listen to the ones that you like because of the personalities that you like, and then you move on. And with a network, you can have people just go to that network to get that after show podcast that they want to listen to. And then you just move on from that. Uh, A good example of this, I'm not really a fan of the show, but I just know a lot about it because I started doing research on it because my girls like the show is The Bachelor. As much as Steven over on the Good Geek Network teases me, I am not a Bachelor fan. But I know a lot about The Bachelor. When The Bachelor came out, there was one guy that dug into it enough in, I would say, quasi-investigative reporting called Reality Steve, and he had a website. Well, then he started a podcast. And then a lot of the former contestants, they started podcasts. So now, whereas before you just had that one Reality Steve source of information on The Bachelor, now you have hundreds of podcasts on it. and. So it's just an example. Okay. Just before we get off the TV stuff, SP, we have an expert on the show. So if anyone's listening for information on producing a really great 
TV show podcast that actually keeps going. If you have a show, let's take Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. In my opinion, having seen every episode and watched all of them multiple times, that was a show that maybe unlike an Arrow, which had a consistent through line on one level that the characters that you cared about and were central to the story were the same characters the whole time in Arrow. In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's what I would call maybe three phases of that show where it moves around in terms of it starts out, these are your core characters, then they bring on some really fantastic peripheral characters, like a Mac, for example, who ends up being the central character of the show by the end. As a sh- If you're producing a show and you have a cast of people on your show that are interested in the style of show when it starts, how do you keep your co-hosts engaged in a show where maybe it drifts around a little bit more in terms of they might have characters they love? And then it turns out that those characters are maybe diminished in importance by the end of the show. Are you mindful of that sort of stuff? Oh, yeah. We've been through it with both Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Starling Tribune quite a bit. Yeah. As the shows progress on TV, there's various different things that happen. First of all, you have actors that just move on to other projects for whatever reason. Uh, Maybe they don't like the way they were being treated. Maybe they have a bigger opportunity somewhere else. Maybe they just have had it with that character. Maybe they need a different thing every so often, whatever the reason they move on. There's also the business side of things, whereas in the guilds and the unions behind the scenes mandate that after a certain time, a certain number of seasons, you actually end up getting paid more. So unless the show is an absolute hit and keeps getting bigger season after season after season, which never happens, You then get into the point where you have to niche down your cast, bring on new cast that aren't as experienced so that you can lower the cost. It's like, and I know I'm talking to Australian here, but it's like the salary captain in American football or American salary cap in our national sport. Yeah. We're, we're aware of what that is. Okay. So it's like a salary cap where as you have the star player might be able to make close to the salary cap for the entire team. But if you have that one player, then you can't have other great players. So they try to balance that over time. And that's where you get a lot of changes that happen on the show. Now, some shows change because of the storyline has to change because they have to do something else. Otherwise people get bored watching it and that sort of thing. That wasn't your question though. I was just giving a background. No, of, but that's great background for people that aren't familiar with the industry. Yeah. So. I, it took me a while to come to terms with that because I'm like, if you don't give me five seasons of good TV show with the same cast, I'm, I'm not going to watch your show anymore. Uh, there, yeah, there's yeah. still some truth to that. But anyway, the thing with podcasts is that you're going to run into the same thing with your co-hosts. If you happen to have a show with one, two, three co-hosts. And in that case, if you want to try to keep your same core team for the two to five, seven years that this TV show is going on or whatever you're covering, it doesn't have to be TV. I would encourage you to find what makes that person tick. What do they like about what you are watching and then dedicate some sort of creative segment for them or shtick or whatever. And by shtick, I mean some sort of gag that you do with the show that they could get in week in and week out and still have fun doing it. It's all about having fun, remember? So as long as you do that, then you can keep the person interested in coming back to your show week after week. For people out there that are familiar with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., this will make more sense. But I thought that they introduced 
three incredible peripheral characters when they already had two that were really important. When Mac Hunter and Bobby were introduced to the show, I thought, well, they've got seven characters I actually care about on this show. And all of their little sideline things aren't just sidelines so they can cut away to some other shot. They're actually all happening. They're all good stories. They wrote out Hunter and Bobby in what was, I think, one of the best episodes in the first few seasons. But it took me a while to get back into the show. I didn't care about it. But if I had had a gag segment on a show I was part of, I could have been there just to poke fun at the show for getting rid of my characters and had fun doing that. I could have been the snide guy in the corner just taking shots of, oh, that line was good, but it would have been better if Hunter had said that. Or whatever it was, I could have been, like, what you're saying can keep people engaged. It doesn't always have to be super positive. You could have, like, the taking shots from the cheap seats kind of role for a little while if you want. Being sarcastic and and, and borderline negative will work for a little bit, but really what you want to do if you do that is you have to be funny and you have to acquiesce the fact that the show you're watching has faults. Let's face it, it's a comic book show about superheroes when it comes down (laughs) to it, and it doesn't exist in real world, so there's a lot of suspense of of, of what you know in life, right? (laughs) So you just have to be careful of that. If you are too negative, your listener isn't going to want to listen to you. If you give good, thoughtful, possibly borderline, but good, thoughtful analysis of what's going on and make it funny. I mean, for a TV show, that's what you want. Maybe that might not be what you want, like in a political show or religious show, but in a TV show, people are, are watching it to be entertained or they're listening to your podcast to be entertained. So that's the sort of thing that you want to do. It would be good to to do that over time, to have that little shtick of, well, if Hunter was in this episode, this is what he would do. And then you make it funny of what Hunter would do. Because let's face it, yeah. Hunter could can be a very funny character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I definitely don't want, I'm not saying that people should be negative as a you know, continuing thing, but I guess what I'm really getting at, SP, is if you're doing a show about TV, or you're doing a show about a sports team and all the... Like, I used to love the Golden State Warriors when I was a kid. And then they had Latrell Sprewell, Chris Webber, Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, all these people at once. And then none of them were there as a kid. And I didn't realise that people got traded away. Because in the Australian Football League in Australia, that rarely happened in the 90s. All the superstars stayed with the clubs forever. So I just thought every sport did that. By the mid-90s, none of the players I loved at the Golden State Warriors played for the Golden State Warriors. So I think it's as important. You can enjoy making a podcast about something when you aren't as into the thing if you're really into the podcast. Like if you've got a cast of characters on your show that just love making a show about whatever, that can carry people through a down point in the TV show where maybe for half a season or in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s case, maybe a couple of seasons here and there, it kind of took a dip in quality. Your show never took a dip in quality. Well, thank you very much. I like to think that we have improved our quality over time. There's definitely some stuff that we could do to modernize the show, and I'm probably going to get to that this year in in Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe even rebrand the show. I don't know, because S.H.I.E.L.D. is not existing, and there's another entity out there that's existing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now, so maybe we'll rebrand. I don't know. But the point is that, yes, you can keep, as long as you're creative and you keep having fun during the show and you keep having audience feedback. If you only have 
20, 50 listeners to your show, you should have one or two person people that are giving you feedback on your show. As long as they're still having fun with it, you know that you're reaching multiple people that are still having fun listening to your show. And that's what really what you should concentrate on. And yeah, I think it's still a viable thing to do, but you have to be a little bit more creative. And you can start off with absolutely no experience whatsoever in podcasting and just being a fan and then get to the point where you understand how the industry works and you understand why this actor is leaving and you understand why you're, you're doing anything it, to give you an example, of the shtick that you're talking about on the Starling Tribune, there was a big event that occurred between all the CD CW shows near the end. It was called crisis. And you had all these shows get together in a huge crossover. One of the most epic crossovers in all of TV, to be honest with you. But at the very end, this is a little bit comic booky. You had this Justice League table and you had all these main characters sitting around the Justice League table. One by one, those shows have been canceled. And what we would do is we had a picture of it and we would put an X through <laughs> the, the show for, that the person represented <laughs> uh, and say it's yeah. been, been canceled. And, you know, you had a moment of condolence, RIP, whatever. And if we were still doing Starling Tribune today, there's a couple more seats open that that is going to happen for eventually. And, and, and we would eventually get there. But that's an example of a, a shtick that we would have done if we had continued the show. Yeah, that's great. So you did mention in there that it's a good, mate, you still see it as a good place to start SP and to learn. And obviously it's not the only way to do that, but it is just ready-made content. Hopefully if it's made it to broadcast or streaming, it's of decent enough quality that you can talk about something half decent and also there might be an audience. Let's talk about the industry. You've been hinting at a few things recently and it's the main reason I had you on the show and it just happens to be that these things always take 40 minutes to get to for me. You seem to, and I know you pretty well in terms of listening to you talk about things when I think you want to say more, but you're not. So I'm not going to let you get away with that today. The industry has changed. And to me, it feels like you see the role of a hobbyist in the industry being different moving forward in terms of what our expectations should be or an independent show in general. Now, can we dig into that? Because you've, you've hinted at it a few times, but I haven't heard you really go deep. Oh, a cliffhanger. I'm not sure if I've done a cliffhanger on this particular show before, but either way, that's where I decided to finish up the conversation for today. I wanted to keep the TV stuff kind of self-contained to the previous episode in the feed and the one you just listened to. And as you heard at the end there, SP and I were about to go into a broader conversation about his thoughts on the industry as a whole, making content, making audio and video podcasts, where we've been, where we are and where we're going all from the perspective of a hobbyist, podcaster first, okay? At Stargate Pioneer on Twitter to reach out to SP to let him know what you thought of the show or ask him anything about podcasting in general or even his own podcast. I'm sure he'd love that. Deadsetpodcasting.com to share the show, see the show notes, click on links, and you can also buy us a coffee there. Or if it's easier, buymeacoffee.com slash deadpod. Buymeacoffee.com slash deadpod. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. This episode was edited by Dead Set Podcasting 
If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.